Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Tristan Nunez, driver of the 7-0 Skyactiv Mazda prototype, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the April 5th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 134 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be talking racing, as always, with reviews of some of the recent on-track action, as well as the discussion of ARCA and Mazda with tonight's featured guests. Let's start with some important news. Seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson announced on behalf of the Jimmy Johnson Foundation and Blue Bunny Ice Cream the launch of the 2018 Blue Bunny Helmet of Hope campaign recently at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California. One of the 2016 Blue Bunny Helmet of Hope grant recipient charities inside the Outdoor Foundation, Costa Mesa, California, joined Johnson to announce not-for-profit 501c3 organizations that directly support K-12 public education will be eligible to receive one of five $25,000 grants. The grants totaling $125,000 will be awarded in May. The Blue Bunny Helmet of Hope program, which began in 2008, allows fans and consumers across the country to nominate their favorite education-focused charities, including parent-teacher associations, to receive a $25,000 grant, a Blue Bunny ice cream party, and special recognition on Johnson's race helmet. Nominations will be accepted at www.helmetofhope.org through Friday, April 20th. Ten semifinalists will be selected from these nominations. The public vote to choose the final five grant recipients will take place May 8th through the 15th. We hope to welcome a representative of the charity back to the show in the coming weeks to talk about the program, as well as some ice cream. Moving on from ice cream to pizza, Papa John's International, NASDAQ PZZA, the world's largest, third largest pizza delivery company, has extended its sponsorship agreement to the official pizza sponsor of the National Hot Rod Association, NHRA, for the 2018 racing season. Papa John's involvement in NHRA drag racing began in 2016 with its sponsorship of top fuel drag racer Leah Pritchett and John Schumacher Racing, DSR. The brand will continue its sponsorship of Pritchett's top fuel dragster in 2018 as she and her team build on the success of their 2017 season. Papa John's and Leah Pritchett will also continue to participate in the Charity Challenge Racing Series to raise money for returning military heroes and their families. This year, Charity Challenge races will have increased competition as Leah's DSR teammate and three-time NHRA top fuel champion, Antron Brown, will be racing against Papa John in select markets. In addition to participating in the Charity Challenge races, Leo will be on-site at select Papa John's location throughout the year, making pizzas for NHRA fans to visit the restaurants. The events will be broadcast on Facebook Live. The first Facebook Live event kicked off at Papa John's, located at 4220 Northwest 16th Boulevard in Gainesville, Florida, on March 15th. The NHRA also occasionally sends out discount codes for Papa John's, most recently for 40% off. Online registration for the 24th United States Road Rally Challenge, USRRC, CSCCA's premier road rally weekend, is open at motorsportreg.com. This year's USRRC is hosted by the St. Louis region October 4th through the 7th with help from the Southern Illinois region. The annual celebration of sports cars and classic sports car rallying will test the teamwork, timekeeping, and route following skills of SCCA road rally teams 
from across the country. As organized by the St. Louis region, the 2018 USRRC will include four rallies, two divisionals, and two nationals, beginning with a short nighttime divisional tour Thursday evening, October 4th, followed by two day-long national rallies Friday, October 5th, and Saturday, October 6th. The weekend will conclude with a morning divisional GTA rally Sunday, October 7th, followed by an awards luncheon. Just because it's small doesn't mean it's not a big deal. That's what fans are echoing about the CARS Response Energy Tour coming to Wake County Speedway. The tour was scheduled to make its inaugural visit to America's favorite bull ring this weekend, but unfortunately the weather forecast had something different in mind, and it's been rescheduled for, for August 24th. Anyone who's already purchased tickets to the event, the, uh, there are refunds available. If you purchase them via credit card, they're being sent back to you today. Uh, if you purchase them another way, you might have to contact the track or cars for more information. Rafa Matos captured his first t- career Trans Am Series presented by Pirelli Victory at Road Atlanta in the TA2 Muscle Car Challenge for, powered by EAEM. Matos making his seventh start in the number 88 three-dimensional services group Chevrolet Camaro, secured what had to be what had proven to be an elusive win through a second-to-last lap pass over Justin Haley during the 40-lap 101.6-mile race. Haley would finish second, while Tony Buffamonti captured third. Road racing veteran Chris Dyson secured his first career Trans Am presented by Pirelli Victory in the TA class at Road Atlanta. Dyson was joined in the celebrations by Randy Kinsland, who secured his second consecutive TA3 class win at Road Atlanta following the conclusion of the multi-class competition. The series will return to action at the South Florida Sports Car Challenge Round 3 at Homestead, Miami, April 13th through the 15th. I hope to actually be at that event, probably on Sunday. Four dragsters flying down the lanes at 330-plus miles per hour simultaneously provides one of the biggest thrill rides the motorsports and drivers, fans, and crews are excited to take in the atmosphere this weekend in Las Vegas. This event will play host to the K&N Horsepower Challenge for eight top pro soft drivers. Bragging rights and a hefty $50,000 paycheck are on the line for the Saturday specialty race. Greg Anderson has won two consecutive K&N Horsepower Challenge races. The event also features competition in the NHRA Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series, as well as the Mickey Thompson Tires and NHRA Top Fuel Harley, Dra- Harley Drag Racing Series. After NACDRA qualifying on Friday, the Seagull Motorsports Firestarter, American Freedom Fighter, and Lucas Oil Muy Caliente jet cars will thrill the fans. Known for their pre- pre-run flame shows and afterburner pops, jet cars are thrust-driven vehicles powered by jet engines. As always, fans will have the opportunity to interact with their favorite drivers as they're granted an exclusive pit pass to the most powerful and century-filled motorsports attraction on the planet. This unique opportunity in motorsports gives fans direct access to the teams, allowing them to see firsthand the highly skilled mechanics, service their hot rods between rounds, and get autographs from their favorite NHRA drivers. Fans will also want to visit NHRA's popular Nitro Alley and Manufacturers Midway, where sponsors and race vendors create a carnival-like atmosphere with interactive displays, Simulated competitions, merchandise, food, and fun for the entire family. Melly Yellow Drag Racing Series qualifying will feature two rounds at 12.30 and 3.30 p.m. on Friday, April 6th, and the final two rounds of qualifying on Saturday, April 7th at 12.10 and 2.45 p.m. Final eliminations are scheduled to begin at 12 p.m. on Sunday, April 8th. 
The Porsche Club of America PCA Club Racing Trophy E-Series is welcoming new Porsches and talented drivers to its 2018 season kickoff race at Road Atlanta. After undergoing several exciting changes this year, drivers will compete April 6th through the 8th in Brasselton, Georgia, where the series has started its season the past two years. Car classes for the 2018 season include the GTA Club Sport, 991.1 GT3 Cup, and 997.2 GT3 Cup. Entries included in the 991.1 and 997.2 classes include 2010 to 2014 GT5 and 2013 to 2016 GT6s. Excluding the Super Cup 99.1, the Masters class is designated for drivers ages 57 and older. Following extremely productive and positive meeting held on March 18th between IMSA, the FIA, World Endurance Championship, and Sebring International Race Organizations, some key changes have been jointly agreed on for the 2019 race weekend. Presented by IMSA and the WEC, the March 13th through 16th event will feature more racing, more cars, and a heightened experience for fans for the WEC's sixth round of its super season now becoming the 1,000 miles of Sebring, or eight hours, whichever comes first, and taking place on Friday, March 15th, starting in the afternoon, and finishing at night. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championships over one 12 hours of Sebring will retain its traditional place as the final race on the schedule, the culmination of a truly great weekend of racing for all. On April 7th, the ARCA Racing Series, presented by Menards, will return to action after a nearly a two-month hiatus at the Fairground Speedway in Nashville. Many would consider our next guest the foremost authority on ARCA, and we are proud to welcome Rowdy Maglite to the program. Hello, and thanks for coming on this evening. Thank you. Uh, Proud to be here and excited to get back to the fairgrounds. It's been a while since ARCA took to the track, but how do you like the first race at Daytona? Well, Adam, uh, I tell you, the first race, they kind of, uh, all of our friends kind of give me a hard time because uh, close to the end of the race, the the last lap was a wreck fest. And... Mm -hmm. uh, Kind of caught grief from a lot of my friends, but after watching the truck race, the Xfinity race, and then the cup race, you know, they tore a lot of cars up that whole weekend. What are you most looking forward to going into Nashville this weekend? Well, you go from a super speedway down to a five-eighths mile historic track. Uh, I think the first NASCAR race there was 1959. Uh, it's an exciting small track. It's easy to see the whole track, you know, not like uh, Daytona where you just watch them pass by and 40 seconds later they come back around there. You can actually, you just sit and turn the whole, the whole time around and around and around. With uh, Michael Self's victory in Daytona, do you think that they have a legitimate shot at the championship, if not this year, then in the future? Michael, uh, with you know, he, Michael and his groups with uh, Venturini Motorsports, and he stands a real good chance of uh, of being the champion this year. I tell you, the talent in ARCA this year is just phenomenal. He's got a uh, he's got his hands full. It's going to be a I believe it's going to be a close close between about four drivers this year. How do you feel the composite bodies and Elmore engines have changed the sport? You know, I looked at, I'm kind of hard on change. I don't like change, but I tell you what, 
the change for the Elmore engine started first. This is going on its fourth year. It's turned uh, a one-man show into a... Uh, now, if you go to the track, it's up between anywhere from, I'd say, 17 to 20 people could win a, a single race. And that, that's, that's pretty hard to come by. Now, the composite body, you know, we're, we're on the super speedways this year with composite bodies. 2020, you've got to be completely into composite bodies. Like this weekend at the fairgrounds, you're going to see some old steel bodies, but they're just about all really crashed out. Mm-hmm. The composite body, though, really brought the car up to what you could actually look like you could buy on Monday morning after the race. Well, that's a good thing, and, and hopefully it, uh, the innovation in this sport continues for uh, for some time. I know they've, been, they've actually been a step ahead of the curve for NAS, as opposed to NASCAR, so hopefully the, uh, the improvements continue. Well, you know, uh, we, we were the first ones with a composite body, and then Xfinity, for, you know, I, I, I was thinking that the truck series would jump first, but Xfinity jumped last year at Richmond and tried it out for the Richmond race, and this year it's a volunteer, but next year everyone in Xfinity is going to be composite. And I tell you, from the people that I've heard that had to work on the cars coming back from Daytona, it is a lot easier and quicker, and they have saved a little money. Of course, it's expensive to repair a race car, but they are saving money on time, putting it back together. Well, let me throw you out to my co-host, Michael Mullally. There's a couple of questions for you as well. Thank you, Adam. Okay, so my first question, let me see, where is it? So you go to the races a lot, it sounds like. What is your favorite racetrack meal? You know, I love the super speedways, but the one of the most unique things about ARCA is we race two races in dirt. We go to uh, our first race will be August, late August, at the Illinois State Fair. Then the first of the, two weeks later, we turn around and we're at, and I have attended the Coin, the Coin Illinois, uh, the Coin State Fair. Uh, it is just a fabulous place to, to go watch a race. Luckily enough, the, the race was a night race year before last, and the ambiance of the track and and the race cars and, and the state fair going on was absolutely wonderful. And it's a flat, one-mile racetrack for cars and horses, still race horses there also. Well, um, let me see. So what sparked your interest in ARCA racing? Well, to tell you the truth, I had lost all interest in NASCAR. I was losing interest in NASCAR. And uh, my little hometown here, for several years, I had seen a ARCA trailer parked in a parking lot in my hometown. And turned out to be uh, a gentleman by the name of Earl Bonner, who is uh, one of the techs for ARCA, been there for years. He's uh, 72 years old now. And uh, uh, started hanging out the ARCA uh, track for two years and was able to uh, work with a team for three 
And then I was uh, started covering the ARCA series and doing my Rowdy Maglot show on Monday night. So needless to say, your favorite series right now would have to be ARCA. Well, you know, I started my my racing career actually started as far as following stock cars in '91, and it was with Cup, and it was uh, the only way I can describe ARCA now is what Cup used to be 35 years ago when you could go in and be part. Money has driven uh, NASCAR to where. These guys have got to spend most of their time with the sponsors, and they don't have a lot of time for their fans. And mm-hmm. art is right reverse. You know, they they have autograph signing sessions, and you can still uh, actually get one-on-one with the drivers. And it's great when they have the autograph sessions, when you see the younger kids being able to, to interact with the drivers. And who is your favorite ARCA driver? I tell you, you know, I, I'm really not – I can't get pinned down because they, that, that, it's hard to pin me down on one driver, but I tell you that one of the popular drivers this year is Natalie Decker. They're doing an autograph session tonight in Nashville at a Walmart store. And uh, Natalie uh, is the real deal. This is her first year in a car. Uh, ben Terraney's got a lot of – there's just a lot of talent in the ARCA series this year. So it's really hard to pin myself down to one. But you take, you got uh, Chandler Smith coming in here. This kid's 15 years old at the fairgrounds, and he's raced a lot of late models. He's got a really good chance. Christian Ekins won the Snowball Derby two years ago. Uh, Michael Self went in Daytona. Uh, you know, it's it's a who's who could, who could win. I, I, I would say there's at least, for uh, Saturday night's race, of course, it's going to be cold, which is going to make for fast racing. They, they could, but it'd be hard to pick out of 15 drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how close the competition is. Um, and lastly, can you give our listeners some more details about your show on the Seaway Digest Radio Network? Sure will. We're every Monday night at 6. Uh, Central, 7, Eastern Time, we had Michael Self. What we try to do on Monday nights after the the following week after the race, we try to have the winner. Last year, we had 14 of the winners on the following Monday night. And to, uh, and the reason we didn't have three of the drivers are they're Toyota drivers, and they're usually racing somewhere on Monday night. So we usually end up with a crew chief. And we have a, a pretty decent show. This past weekend, we had Thomas Prater with uh, DK Lock out of Mobile. And we had Adam Mackey, who is the, actually the promoter of uh, the actually the Music City 200 coming up this weekend with Track Enterprises. Awesome. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show. I know we've had you scheduled for a little while, but uh, it's great to hear from you. And uh, thank you once again for helping me out to get into the uh, into Daytona there and, and for the last race. And hopefully we'll have you back on the program a little bit later and maybe do a recap of the season. Well, Adam, we'd like to extend the same thing. We'll, you know, on down the road, we'd like to get you to come on and let's talk about Thursday Night Thunder. You know, anybody, anytime we can get an interest in racing is a good thing. I'm, I'm 
I'm all for trying to get more people out and, and encourage people to go to take their kids and, or grandkids and go watch a race. Our race is going to be on MAV TV this weekend. It's the Music City 200, and uh, Jim Trudeau and uh, Bob Dillner are going to be the uh, anchor for it. Cool. And it should be a good race. It was a great race last year. I got to watch it on MAV TV, and hopefully this year it's just as good, if not a little bit better. The competition's definitely getting improved in ARCA all the time, and it's a great series to keep track of. It, it surely is. If, you, if you're disappointed in NASCAR, come back and give us a try, and you'll fall in love back with stock car racing again. There you go. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, have a great night, and have fun in Nashville. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Once again, that was Rowdy Maglite, who's one of the one of the greatest people to cover the ARCA series. You can listen to his show on Monday nights here on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Did you know that several former NASCAR champions have been ARCA champions? Did you know at the start of the sport, winners earned little more than a trophy in bragging rights? Today's racers in the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series compete for trophies and bragging rights, as well as share of more than $3 million in prize money. Did you know in 2010, you know a record of six... Oops, I am so sorry. I don't know what I'm looking at. Keep going. You're good. Go. <laughs> Did you know in 2010, sorry. a record of six women qualified for the ARCA race at Daytona? I got a little confused, too. But Did you know in the 1950s, top performance marks were 140 miles per hour in the nine seconds? Today, they're more than 330 miles per hour in less than 3.7 seconds in the NHRA. Did you know an India-based indie game developer created Arca Sim Racing in 2008 to simulate the Remax Championship? Did you know Top Kill slash Funny Car can cost 100 car, but you have to factor in the parts, breakage per run, which is about eight to 10,000 per run, and that's for an independent team? Yeah, it's going to be a uh, an interesting weekend this weekend in the NHRA. They've got the four wide nationals coming up pretty soon, and I know they're really looking forward to that event as well. So that'll be that'll be awesome. That's going to be in Las Vegas. So be sure to tune in for that. Right now we're going to take a short break and listen to a song from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew before our next guest comes on the line. This is your last when you crash.
Once again, that was Last When You Crash from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. He's, our next guest, Tyler Casera, is scheduled to be on the program in roughly five minutes. So while we've got a few minutes, let's go ahead and and uh, and see how Michael Mullally's racing endeavors are going for this season. So what's your next event that you're planning on going to? Um, actually, as of right now, the next event will be Honda Fest this weekend, which I might take my car down the drag strip at Pacific Raceways, but not likely because it's not liking to shift right now. So that was the plan, but I guess I'd rather not ruin it even more. <laughs> Um, and then next weekend is the season opener for Wenatchee Valley Super Oval. We were going to be doing the, um, what is it called, the endurance race there, but Mm -hmm. they decided to cancel it because they're doing another big race that the track in Yakima hosted, but now Yakima's closed, so the race is coming to Wenatchee. So now we're not doing the endurance race, but the track in Spokane is, which is about an hour and a half away. So we might just take the cars up there to do the enduro race since we already plan on doing it. Um, Yeah, so as of right now, that's what we got. But we do plan on doing a couple types of racing this year. It just depends on how it all lays out. How did your uh, what happened to the deal you had with the uh, the owner of the sprint car? Anything ever come out of that? Well, it looked pretty promising, but then he ended up hurting himself, and he wanted me to travel, which I really wouldn't mind doing, but. It was something that my family really wouldn't be able to do. And, you know, it's been a family thing for seven years now. So kind of one of those things where if my family can't do it, then I don't think it's going to work for me. So 
it looked promising until he hurt himself, and then I kind of decided that it really wasn't for me because my family wouldn't be able to do it with me. But I still eventually plan on running a sprint car. My significant other right now actually ran a sprint car, and um, yeah, so it's still in the works, but I'm not counting it out yet. I just I think it might take a little longer than anticipated, but I'm not counting it out. Yeah. Never know, maybe one day we'll see you racing at the uh, Volusia Speedway for uh, your own big gold gator. <laughs> well, that would be cool, but I guess you never know. It's possible. Or maybe, why don't you go race for a big gold gator? <laughs> that's okay. That's uh, that's quite all right. I I don't think that the uh, I'd ever have any chance of driving a car on dirt aside from the my car, which doesn't like that because it sometimes gets stuff caught up in it, and then the little I have to dive underneath the car and pull the pieces out from it. That's bad enough with my street car. I wouldn't want to do it in a race car. So what? Come on. <laughs> Once again, we're standing by for Tyler Casira. He's a driver in the Mazda Road to 24 series. He's competed in that in the Mazda Road to 24 a couple times now. So let's go ahead and introduce him, and hopefully that will encourage him to get on the line. As I said, our next guest this evening is Tyler Casera. Tyler started racing at six years old, so racing has been part of his entire life. His creative side is one of the things that differentiates him from other drivers. He does his own branding and marketing, websites, produces sponsorship pitches, and has a YouTube channel with a vlog series that he started last fall. He started racing with Mazda in 2012 when he began racing in the ultra-competitive Spec Miata class. He's won championships in both SCCA and NASA and was thrilled to be nominated as an MRT224 finalist in both 2017 and this year, 2018. We're hoping to be speaking with him momentarily. I know we're running a couple minutes ahead of the the rough idea that I sent out to my guests the other day, but he did contact me earlier today and say that he'd be calling in roughly 10 minutes early, so that should be any second now. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to to get in contact with as many of the Mazda people this season because they had a huge uh, changeover in the uh, the public relations and in the in the in the, uh, the professional teams as well for 2018. Uh, their PR people all changed up entirely. Uh, they have an entirely new group of people. Um, Dean Case, who had worked with me in the past, who has given me lots of opportunities with the the Mazda people, has moved on to another another field of interest. And the uh, the man who represented the, pre- the professional drivers in the IMSA series has moved on to something different as well. But we're hoping to work more with some of the Mazda, Mazda drivers. And this is my first attempt to have one of the guys from this year's MRT24 on the program. And now we're pleased to welcome Tyler to the to the show tonight. Hey guys, so how are you doing tonight? Thanks Great, for coming thanks on. For having me. How do you think your season has gone so far, and what are your goals for this year? Um, well, the season's just young. Um, I've done some coaching earlier in the season with Global MX5 Cup. Um, 
Uh, I work with Flat Out Motorsports, and um, so we did spring training down at Barber Motorsports Park um, back in March, and that went really well. Uh, the team had a really good debut at Coda a couple of weeks ago. Um, my first actual wheel-to-wheel race is uh, next weekend down at VIR, the um, SCCA Hoosier Super Tour, um, racing in uh, Spec Miata, which is I would have been racing for the, the better part of the last five or six years. Do you think the weather's going to hold out for the race this year? It's been pretty cold up there so far. I hope so, for sure. It looks like uh, it might be dry, and um looks like the temps are coming up, so we might get into the 70s, which would be uh, really great. Awesome. I know you've been doing some coaching. What advice would you give someone thinking about pursuing a career in motorsports? Well, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, it depends what angle you're coming at it from. I mean, if you've got money... Um, I think that uh, the answer is probably a little bit different. But, you know, if you're somebody like me who, uh, you know, grew up uh, racing and started young um, and is kind of, you know, I, I I have a career outside of motorsports, but obviously I want to see how far I can take, take this career in, in racing. And, um, you know, with that, um, when you don't have the huge financial backing, uh, what you quickly begin to realize is that, um, you know, being quick, winning races and championships is – really just a small part of the puzzle. Um, you have to be really well-rounded. Uh, you've got to be really good uh, you know, with communication, marketing. You've got to be really savvy on social media these days. Um, and so I think there's a lot of different things you have to be good at uh, to be successful. Um, you know, but uh, some, of the, some of the most successful guys that I see out there, um, you know, they, they go in 100%. You know, they... They don't have a career outside of racing. Um, you know, they build relationships by coaching and working at these country clubs around the, the country, um, and so they, uh, you know, are at the track virtually every day, um, behind the wheel of a car or coaching somebody. So, um, you know, I think that's one route that that you know, if I was really young and uh, coming up and and kind of knew what I know now, I would um, might be something I would uh, I would consider and, and potentially, uh, you know, I may not be where I'm at today in my career may be pursuing something a little bit different, but um, you know, I've come at it in a different direction and uh, you know, just trying to do my best with what I have. What did you learn at the Mazda Road to 24 event that would help you in the future? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a great event that they put on. You know, they, they the opportunities that Mazda provides, um, you know, young racers, uh, it's really unparalleled. There's not another car company that I think invests as much in grassroots as they do. Um, and so, you know, first of all, that it's just an incredible platform. Um, I think the thing, you know, that I take away from it, I, I look at, um, you know, I was lucky enough to be in the shootout the last two years. Um, and uh, two years ago, um, made a mistake, uh, kind of took myself out of competition. Um, this year came at it with, uh, you know, a bit of experience and just, um, you know, different mindset and didn't make any mistakes, really did well. Um, you know, Celine Roland, who um, I raced uh, against in Spec Miata, uh, ended up winning. Um, and really, I think it just came down to, you know, some really, really, uh, you know, small details. Uh, you know, politics play a role in, in everything. Um, and ultimately, they, they just chose to go with, with Celine instead of myself. So, you know, what that taught me um, was that, and, and really you have to have a thick skin, um, you know, you need to not uh, get 
uh, you know, down on yourself when an opportunity like this comes and it doesn't go your way. It's it's uh, not about falling down, but it's about how you get back up. And, um, you know, you just got to be persistent. And if you want it bad enough and you work hard enough, um, you know, the opportunities are there. Uh, so I've just uh, I've tried to take that in stride, um, you know, take away what I can from it, but, um, you know, just keep pushing. What track are you most looking forward to visiting this year? Um, doing a little bit less, I think, at least on my schedule at the moment. Um, really looking forward to racing out at Road America um, in Wisconsin. Um, I've been there a couple times, but I've never turned a wheel there. I'm going to be racing there in June um, for the WeatherTech June Sprints and uh, with SCCA. Pretty big event. and um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I love new tracks. Um, I think I adapt pretty well to new tracks and new cars. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that challenge and, you know, trying to bring home that win, which would be, which would be big. Um, it's a pretty, pretty well-respected, um, trophy to have in your cabinet, uh, you know, at this level. What's your opinion of the changes at Mazda Motorsports in 2018, both some of the behind the scenes ones, as well as the ones for the, uh, for the IMSA team. And do you think that Mazda will be able to adapt to these changes and succeed? Um, I think the thing, you know, that when I look at it from my perspective and really, you know, my level and, and my level of involvement, perception is reality. I don't know all the details and all the cor- corporate strategies behind it all, but you know, I think the important thing is that that they're they're not being complacent. You know, they're they're trying to make changes for the better. Um, you know, and in some cases, you know, in the business world, you try to do that and they don't work out. You pivot and you kind of just continue to evolve that. And so. Um, I think some of the steps they're taking seem seem like they have potential, um, you know, w- especially with the IMSA side of things. Um, you look at, at bringing in a, a Yoast, um, I, you know, they are arguably one of the most successful teams in all sports car racing, and so to have that behind you, um, it should give them some confidence. I would think that, uh, you know, they'll sort their equipment out, and, um, you know, we've already saw at Sebring, they were they were really uh, very competitive. Um, just had some mm-hmm. some small things affect their races, but um, I think all in all, you know, they've got the right attitude, and um, you know they have got the right people uh, on board, and um, you know, so I'm I'm certainly interested to see where where it goes. I'd like to throw you out to my co-host Michael Mullally, who has a couple of questions for you as well. Sure. So my first question is, what does a typical race weekend look like for you? Um, yeah, a typical race weekend starts, you know, on a Thursday usually. Um, so we arrive Wednesday night, we set up. Uh, you know, I I run with a family team uh, as part of Flat Out Motorsports. Um, and so, you know, I end up doing a lot of the prep on the cars myself, um, do all the at-the-track, you know, trackside support myself. Um so we end up showing up, we set up, uh, we have typically a test day, which is three or four sessions on track um, where we get to dial in the equipment, cars, set up. Um, and then from there, you know, we get into uh, qualifying and racing. Um, you know, typically Friday is qualifying day. You typically have a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday. And they're sprint races, so there's no pit stops or anything like that. It's, it's all uh, pretty much what you, can, what you can do on a tank of fuel. Um, you know, but uh, in our class, it's, super competitive, you know, get 40, 50, 60 car fields in some cases, um, all, you know, spec cars. So, you know, we're all out there relatively 
driving the same equipment, and it comes down to uh, you know to driverability and racecraft and all of that. Um, but um, you know, being somebody that takes care of my own car uh, and equipment, it's um, you know it's a lot of work. It's, I, I can't just focus on the driving. I've got to focus on you know wrenching and um, you know, with flat out, I do some coaching on the side too. So with their customers, um, working with them after, after we all get off track to uh, go through data, uh, you know, analyze video, um, just compare things and try to try to help help the their, the clients out. Um, you know, help them progress throughout the weekend. Now, do you and your competitors all run on the same amount of fuel? On the same amount of, I'm sorry, what? Of gas. Like, do you guys all have the same amount that you're trying to make last an entire race? Um, yeah, and we're not we're not typically up against a fuel load. Um, so you can play with that in terms of, uh, you know, you might want to try cutting it close um, for a race to get, you know, make sure that when you finish the race you don't have five gallons extra gas in the tank um, uh, because obviously that's extra weight you're carrying around. So throughout the entire weekend leading up to the races, pretty much every session we'll put a measured amount of fuel in the cars. Um, uh, when that session comes off track, we'll pump fuel, uh, note how many laps we did, um, and then do kind of a reverse calculation and get kind of laps per gallon. Uh, and then typically over the course of four or five sessions, um, by the time you get to the race, we've got a pretty good number for, you know, that track, which is, you know, there are different elevations, different temperatures all affect fuel consumption. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of a typical process for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, we're, we're really never coming up against uh, a fuel load issue um, of, of running out. Wow. So do you guys, like, all compare, like, you know, like, fuel notes? Like, I got, like, this amount, like, you know? Like, um, it sounds like you guys do a great length. Yeah, within our team we do. Um, you know, it's it, what's interesting about our our kind of culture or community of, of racers and Spec Miata, whether it be NASA or SUCA, which is primarily what I race in, um, you know, it's a really tight community. We're all... Uh, you know, some of us get along with each other better than others, um, but generally speaking, you know, we all, uh, you know, we're super fierce competitors on the track, but when we get off track, um, we, we have a lot of fun together. So um, there's a great camaraderie there. Um, that's really, you know, the racing side of it is at this level is, is only part of it. It's it's the relationships and the kind of family at the track. Um, but that said, you, you, you kind of keep your cards close to your chest in a, in a way, Um you know, we're not typically sharing strategies or setups or, um, you know, fuel fuel type consumption um, things. But um, what's what's interesting is that if uh, you know nobody's going to volunteer that information, but as a let's say a new competitor coming in who's who's brand new, um, you know, you, you can't be afraid to go ask. And typically, you know, somebody comes to me and asks me about um, you know a line on the track or you know how to how to do this or do that with their car in terms of setup. Um, you know, you know, we're all a really helpful community, and, and because we're so so close, we're willing to kind of help, um, you know, help where it's needed. And where do you hope to take your racing career within the next couple of years? I'm um, certainly like to, uh, you know, to continue to progress and and um, you know move up. Uh, you know, I'd like to. Um, I'm exploring some opportunities in Pirelli World Challenge. Um, which is kind of the next level, uh, you know, pro-am to kind of pro-series. 
uh, and um, and really for me that's just the competitive side of my personality. Um, and you know, I I always say fun racing, but um, you know you, you can be only so competitive, you know, race to race, and then you kind of want to continue to to see where um, where your opportunities take you, and and kind of move on to the next greatest challenge. Um, because for me that's sort of what I'm what I'm after. So if that takes me to World Challenge or you know some other uh, you know level, I'd like to obviously stick with uh, sports car racing, whether that be open wheel or you know st- GT style cars. Um, kind of open to those opportunities, and and really for me it's what kind of you know funding I can pull together, and um, you know I, I think built some relationships with some some individuals and some teams. And so I think if you know, I could I could pull the funding side of things together. I think there'd be some opportunities that would that would open up there. And my final question for you this evening, if I mean, and obviously nobody likes to think about this, but if you weren't driving a race car, what do you think you would be pursuing a career in? Well, I mean, as I said, I I actually. Um, I, I'm my full-time career is not in motorsports. Um, I actually work in the live event industry for the world leader um, in staging and automation robotics for uh, concert touring. So all the huge uh, you know world tours that you see from uh, Lady Gaga or Madonna or Rolling Stones, um, those tours uh, I work you know on um, on those projects uh, from a design and engineering standpoint. And the company I work for um, manufactures a lot of that equipment too. So pretty hands-on. Um, I have a really, I would say, strong kind of engineering uh, background and skill set. And, um, you know, so uh, obviously I, I would love to figure out how to kind of turn that into um, some sort of motorsports-related um, career if it wasn't, uh, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing today. Um, you know, and so uh, at the moment, um, you know, it's great. I, I'm, I have the freedom and kind of the flexibility to, to go to the track when I need to. Um, and uh, you know, do some racing at the same time. So um, can't complain about that. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program this evening, and wish you lots of luck in the in the Spec Miata series this year. And hopefully, you end up uh, advancing your career to the next level. It'd be great to see you in the Pirelli World Challenge. But if it happens to be a uh, another series, that'd be awesome too. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, and have a great evening. All right, take care. Once again, that was Tyler Casera. You can catch in the Spec Miata series in the SCCA. He has a couple of races coming up that he mentioned during the program, and we'd love to, we always love to try and help out up and coming drivers. Anybody who's on the Mazda Road to 24 program is pretty awesome, too. And that's the, uh, that's kind of interesting that the, uh, that the, his experience there wasn't quite what he expected, but that's sometimes how it goes. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner, or maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport? Contact either Michael Mullally or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at speedwaydigestradionetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. We just put out, I believe, like 15 new articles about the uh, the recent events in motorsports, most of them we mentioned earlier on in the program. 
But for full details, check out the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida, and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. We had some great articles in the past few weeks on Palm Beach Happening. Um, we covered a vegan wine dinner that we took part in last Thursday, which is why this program was on the air last week. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, we also did the uh, the uh, recent Riverwalk Burger Battle in Fort Lauderdale. That was a couple of weeks ago, and that was a uh, a pretty good event too. If you haven't been down to it, that might be something you want to check out next year or in the future. So be sure to check out the news events at palmbeach.happeningmag.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Thanks again.